Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. If you're sleeping to this, this is the twenty. This is the twelfth of March, twenty twenty-three, and uh, welcome to another episode of the Good Living Podcast. Today is Sunday, and uh, let me predict some matches today. Arsenal is playing today. I mean, for those on the name, just let me just predict the future and see how it looks when this comes out. Uh, I think Arsenal will win today, and uh, if we don't win, then we lose one zero, one nil. I think. If Arsenal scores a goal, we go on to outscore the opposition, no matter how many they scored us. And uh, if they score us first and we equalize, we're going, to, we're going to win the game. So the only way that they will win us is to win us 1-0. And I think United are going to win 3-0. Yeah. And, and I think Man, um, Barcelona are not going to win today at all. I don't know why I'm doing this. Um, According to my topic today, this is why I don't like church. I don't, I don't go to church. I'm not going to church. And it's not because I'm a Christian. I'm not a Christian. I'm a Christian. My problem is with the way my religion is being practiced. And that's why I've lost trust. And there's a few things that, you know, make me say this. And the things that I've noticed. I just started thinking to myself recently. A lot. Pondering about a lot of things. I've said, I've, I've released a podcast when I talked about, you know, how life does not prepare us to be adults. Not, nothing that has anything to do with education prepares us to be adults at all. That's unfair. And Christianity, if it is for us, which I believe it is, should make us better human beings as we grow older. And so I wonder why is it failing so much? So these are the things that I thought about. I'm a Christian, right? But does my church love me more than they love themselves? Because Christianity is love. Christ was all about love, right? So I'm thinking if I'm in this garden, if I'm in this church, the aim of this church is it to, is it to do more for themselves and less for me, or more for me and less for themselves, or maybe there's a higher as in it is to please God and then all of us are equal and subservient to God and his and his desires and his wishes and what he wants for us. And when I think deep into these questions, I'm beginning to realize wait, some things are not adding up. Like for example, now today in church, I went to church today. And today's topic is just so cliche. And the thing is, when I go to churches that are similar, by similar, I'm talking about like Pentecostal churches. You see, the the doctrine is to at least have one kind of line, one 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 pattern. Let me explain. Today, our topic was gateways to financial freedom. Like, look, I've been I've been in this church for several years. I've heard this topic at least one hundred times. At least 100 times I've heard this particular topic. This is what they teach. And I'm not saying it's bad to teach the gateways to financial freedom. Of course, it's not, it's not bad. But when I say the original question is, are you pleasing yourself to displease me or how are we doing this thing? Then look at the gateways. The first thing is putting away iniquity. Sorry, I don't mean to preach. Putting away iniquity is what they said. And while I was thinking about this podcast, he was the pastor was preaching. I was thinking about this podcast, right? But before I could conclude my thoughts, he had finished that point. He had finished the point where he says, stop sinning, put away iniquity. And he entered serving God with our resources. Now, here's where I have a problem. Yeah? I do believe that for you to be successful, you need consistency. You, need, you have to be willing to improve. So you need to be consistent and you need to be willing to improve. That you don't give up and at least do better each time you try. And I think that coupled with your relationship with other people, which is being nice to them, being good, being a man of integrity, a woman of integrity, 
and all of that which is if you don't sin a lot of people will like you not if you remove all sin from your life and you're doing something you will most likely succeed in that thing get money and everything you want right but the second point here is like seven god with i'm not against giving the church money again but here's the thing my problem is how long they stayed preaching this particular point and how little they stayed preaching the point of sin and iniquity they are like see let me explain let me explain further yeah it is so clear that they are trying to tell you okay bring money to the church but it's not making examples giving examples like this um like how somebody used her salary she was trying to get to uh she was trying to get her son into nda right and then she used up her salary for one two like about five months she kept paying her salary to the church and eventually her son got into nda congratulations see those kind of examples they they advise you okay um do this give this sacrifice so so sacrifices she sacrifices so it does do something big do something that will hurt you right and give to the church to gain blessing financial favor favor from god all these things and do it and they emphasize on this type of giving these forms of giving so much not as not so much on tithes but on just this type of free will giving that is not exactly um, commanded in the bible and every church is big on this giving, bigger bigger than anything else now i said do you care about me because if you cared about me you care about my well-being right how life will be let me come to you do what you say i should then i'll live i'll be better off and you might argue that okay at the end of the day if you do these things your life will be better off what are the percentage of people whose lives are better off because i know people even in my family i know people that have been giving when it comes to giving in the church eh they don't have much you don't have much but they will give they will give what to pay them it will affect them at home they'll be sad nothing will change nothing has changed you can say god's time is the best but at the end of the day you remove any margin for error because now you want to give the, you are giving god the glory for every single you are giving the pastor and the church the glory for every single thing that happened in your life for example this woman that her son entered the NDA. that woman if you if i meet her and ask her did you not do anything else to try and get your son into nda you did not call anybody you didn't call any general you didn't call anybody that was at NDA. you didn't do anything your son just went and applied the humble process straight and the only other thing you did was to pray for him and give money to the church and he got into nda i can tell you that i very much doubt that that's what she did i'm pretty sure she did something else asked other people for help the same way your parents did when you're trying to get admission call people that you know get my son on the list but the moment your son gets admission what happens they go to the church and they say that this is what they did and then this happened and they leave out all the other details to show that okay oh, she actually put some effort in other things and then make it directly to look like and that is the advertising now that's how it looks and i don't i don't like that because it seems like okay you want to take from me you think like you're using my head you understand and that is not my issue with christianity this is how this is being run because i don't be, i don't remember jesus having anything close to this kind of attitude you understand so so sometimes i might have questions and i want to challenge certain things and i have questions but i cannot ask because in the seat in a sermon in church now you cannot ask any question at least in my church or most churches i've been to when the, the pastor is preaching you cannot raise your hand up and ask a question it's not a press conference and we used to have bible studies when i was growing up different churches used to have bible even my church used to have bible study where you go the pastor will sit down people will discuss the you know he will say something and they just like i don't know maybe it's me that has lost touch with lost touch with you know what's going on but in my church i know of all the activities that goes on and we don't do bible study I think we did before, but we don't Bible study anymore. And there's no room for challenging the doctrine or something that is being preached, even if you come from a place where you, you think it's common sense. So you can now learn from the past. There's no space for Bible study anymore. Why is that? So a church that cares about you, 
tell me the truth we've had we've uh, a lot of uh pastors have come under fire for look you're enjoying life but you have percentage of a congregation that are suffering and it trickles down even to you a pastor presiding over an entire commission behaves like that has a private jet has cars even in the headquarters where he preaches every sunday there are people who are poor there there are people who would need a lift home that kind of thing let's leave the overseer for a bit even in the local churches the pastor will enter drive his jeep with past that old man that might need a ride he doesn't take any carry there's a pastor fill his car with trackers and drop them as you know the love that i think god was preaching jesus was preaching when he was on earth is not there the way i'm seeing it it's just all talk but really if you look at actions here you don't really see that much love that's one thing i have that with the problem that's a problem in most of the churches i know of, know of and i've been to and then it's like a different hustle how many people make it out of how many people make it? like when you say you are doing yahoo how many people make it out of yahoo how many people make it out of the church like honestly if you are following your church you're doing every single thing there are plenty of people in the congregation you're doing every single thing they ask all the prayers and everything from the look around you if you're a church goer you know or you know somebody of all the people that you know how many of them have made what is the percentage of people who obey everything in the church and make it so if you answer yourself that question honestly what do you think is the problem because not everybody makes it 50 percent don't make it 40 percent don't even make it you can say god's time is the best but like i said no margin for error so when he tries out something else and i'm not saying something illegal but when he just finds out a prop the real answer somewhere outside and he implements it in his life and he eventually makes it all the glory is given to god and the church ultimately because eventually god's time is the best so the, these, these things are biblical i know but i know that they also use deceptively now to help us to make us excuse every single thing that happens in life okay for example god works in mysterious ways a pastor whose prophecy pattern is to tell you what has already happened in your life which is your past your past your past your past his deliverance pattern is to be conversing with the demon inside you for minutes on end asking them uh why did you get into your body what is your plan with your life do you like my suit do you like some red wine and then ask them all of that entertaining the crowd create that adrenaline rush in their body so they'll be enjoying what they're seeing your work is to us with funny patterns kick the air in front of the person you are delivering and they will just fall blow air they will just fall do one funny movement with your hand and they will fall and do one kind of thing and be entertaining the crowd you had a blessing every time you are threatening people that you are going to use the amount of god's spirit to cause them cause this person cause that person you betray me for not coming to church and saying this, 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 this and then when i eventually come to church automatically all of a sudden i owe you money go fuck yourself I think we should all just look at how things were done in the olden days and liking them to how it is now because at no point in the bible was it said okay things will change and this is how it will be happening now people have changed it and now that's why they said even the very elect will be deceived people who should know god will be deceived too because a lot of people will just come out from nowhere and be impressive and they will have plenty followers especially in nigeria all of us know that if this country was easier Churches will not be as full and will not be spending so much time in church. It's not because people in America don't like God, people in Europe don't like God. Church is not a big thing there. There are Christians all over the place. It's not a big thing there because people less very few people are hanging on to it to save their lives. Let me explain this saving your life thing. Something I'm going to explain here is the miracle philosophy. Too many people in Nigeria and the church, the Niger church in Nigeria, the way it's Christianity is practiced here, is riding on this factor, riding on this principle, riding on this um way of philosophy of doing things. The miracle philosophy like you a lot of people believe and the church is good at doing this making you believe that uh, your success will come supernaturally in my church they always they always use that word supernatural this divine this supernatural this like they say it in context what they mean is that it's just going to happen overnight they try to tell you 
subconsciously that your success will come overnight i believe that if you're going to be a church you know that the truth to the way to success is laid down principles like i said consistency constant improvement while you're consistent be improving and if you do that long enough and you're doing the right thing you will succeed eventually and then the church should encourage you to do that kind of thing i'll show you the biblical way to go about it not to just simply tell you that just keep doing this and then this will happen all of a sudden just keep doing this for us and then or for god right they say do it for god and then this will happen all of a sudden in your life and the fact that i don't see that also makes me feel like they're using my head if you just come down and look at the actions of the church from a business perspective just assume the church was a business and tell me if a lot of things you see are not intentional all the offerings they collect the pastors are always rich. The over, the are always, they seem to have excess money. And they can come out and say, God has blessed us. This commission is... It is the people that has contributed that money. There is no thing other way about it. God did not put money in the account. There's nobody giving church contracts. It is your offerings. And if you are suffering somehow, or the majority of the people that are following are not enjoying anything, how is the person on top enjoying? Is it that he's... Because what they preach is this. We, we are doing these principles and our life is an example of these principles i give to god that is the general reserve for example saying i give to god this i live this life and that is why i'm this successful so follow me live this life give to god which is me or the church and then you will live this life as well you'll be this successful but the difference is the god that you are giving to is who exactly we are paying tight to another church i'll be another man but me the god i'm giving to is i'm paying tight to another man which is you and there's, there's millions of us giving that, that thing to you so your success is inevitable regardless and then raises questions in my mind. Money is not the only thing I was going to talk about. The second thing that discourages me from church is that there are too many controversies in the church. And you can say, no, nobody is perfect. Just compare Christianity with Islam or other religions. How much controversies come out of those religions? How many times do you hear that a, an imam did something crazy? How many times? How is they have allegations of being, uh, what they call it, associated with terrorists? that's just stereotypes right so that's it that's it morally how many times do you hear controversies from other religions and there's too much controversy in the church right now as it is oh my bible is my god yeah my bible is where the word of god is and then if i can read that often enough i get the spirit of god and then if i have people i can trust i will discuss about it i think that's fellowship enough let me let me mind the sin in my church alone my small church alone i can count five controversies that i've seen happen no it wasn't big deal in the church but you know what get around what gets around there's been somebody who was in charge of the accountant stole money stole a lot of money he was an aggressive i don't think he was even born again he was an aggressive person he would fight you over money on the church premises and he stole millions from the church he went scot free why because the, the resident pastor at the time that also was siphoning money was someone that was standing in front of the altar preaching for me was also stealing money from the church at that point you hear sexual problems in the church all over the place pastors sleeping with their wives all over the place there's this thing about apostle Joseph Suleiman, which i would say for a fact i do believe i believe that he did those things and then and then the hypocrisy in church is just insane so all these things make me and then something else again the catholic church have this thing of uh it's also stereotypical shall i say but the issue of priests molesting young boys it's a big issue. We can pretend that because people use it for jokes a lot. You know, stand-up comedians use it for jokes a lot. But I can tell you that I know three people who has gone who have gone to these schools and have, or let me just say three people who have had encounters with priests try to molest them. Me myself knows that kind of hideous thing. I know three cases where that has happened. 
if this is how everybody knows or somebody anybody as as exposed as i am knows then that's a lot of fucking cases happening in a church where that should be like that should be non-existent and then here's where i have a problem the organization even one as small and flippant as labor party where there is a small mistake where there's a small bad egg they read it out like in river state they, they dissolved labor party in, in river state no officials there because they know they helped in the rigging and if a church like the catholic church knows that there's a problem with pedophilia and child abuse among their priests if they want to eradicate that problem they can easily i will tell you the truth because what do you do you call out those cases you call out those cases and those people will be met with serious punishments and at the end of the day that won't be eradicated it's simple but why does the catholic church not do that why is it that we hardly hear of priests if if, if this is if people are being abused like this on a yearly basis how many times this year how many times last year did you hear that priests were prosecuted for child abuse how many priests do you know that have been child abuse but people victims always come out and just like girls i know there are some people lie but there's a motive for one person lying but what is the motive for a young boy to lie that a priest has molested him but it happens because i know that i've seen that happen so if the church is not doing anything it makes me think the problem is from the top it has been allowed and condoned at some point for it to thrive this much and not be eradicated at this point after years of this problem i will stop there the christianity i know has too many contradictions especially in church here you go to one church they are teaching you in islam just compare this with other religions the doctrine is the doctrine the, the sermon is the sermon the preaching is the preaching the teaching is the teaching but in christianity this people want to just use gray areas to their advantage they will tell you the bible is based on how you interpret it which is just false it's a blatant lie the bible is not how you interpret it it is written there in your language for you to understand if something is fake find the original copy which language was written in and find out what something means to get the original meaning not to use gray areas and use our head mind us christianity is my religion that is the religion to go is the way to go i'm saying the reason why i do not go to gatherings churches why i do not like going there so talking about those contradictions one church will tell you um don't worry suffering on earth is cool like you don't have to chase money the rate of money is evil and in heaven that's where your reward is the problem is some of these churches where the priest doesn't he's making he's living his best life and some other churches will tell you abundance is yours on earth your money is yours everything is yours everything is yours but that one now comes at the price you have to give everything you already have to the church first and then hope that you just wake up one day and your house is filled with money so these contradictions on one particular issue there's different issues in the church where one church will tell you that this is the way to go and another church will tell you this is the way to go two different parts and you begin to wonder look i just i, I saw a story on instagram this morning joe speech where a girl said she has a boyfriend in nigeria he treats her well they're happy together but there's this guy that started chatting with she started chatting with that lives in canada she's been chatting with him she didn't tell him that he had a boy she had a boyfriend he even sent her to his mom during the election to give her something then the mom the mom even liked her now the guy is saying he wants to marry her he wants to invite her to canada and so she's trying to leave her boyfriend now all of that is fine make your choice secure the bag do whatever you want to do with your life but when she went and met her pastor her pastor said this to her he said this is god working with divine revelation but i don't think god believes in hurting his children intentionally he said she said her pastor told her that that man in canada is her real husband and have this her boyfriend here now is the one to give god brought him into her life to give her a comfortable life in nigeria but that guy in canada is her real husband so she's wondering you know how does she's asking how she does she does she break she should travel first um before breaking off the relationship or should he just she should just do it here before traveling because the guy should process her papers I, I have a story like similar to this that i'll tell in my next podcast stay tuned let me talk a little on the issue of prophecies in the bible 
prophets never talked about your past and if they did they would prophecy is always about the future that's why the bible is prophecy upon prophecy they will say in in an earlier book that this will happen in a later book in the bible you see that happen that's a prophecy telling you you know what something will happen and she will be a son and he will be called this this will happen and this is called this this will happen and this will happen and this will happen that's the prophecy at least to the best of my understanding tell me your pastor in your church your pastor your prophet the people you watch on tv how many of them what is the success rate of their prophecies i asked my dad this question of all the pastors you know and every time you've heard a prophecy you've heard that this will happen this will happen this year this is this year this, this forthcoming election tell me what is the success rate of your pastor and the pastors you've heard of how many of the prophecies have come to pass one of god always open his hand his mouth to Messian. he will say what god sent him to say and then the word of god always come to pass because it was coming to pass in the bible which is a reference book for our religion so why is that pastors now they will make and then you do not come to pass and we just move past it like nothing happened fake prophecies up and down and then the ones that want to say they are giving true prophecies they are predict they are telling me what has happened in my life come and meet me tell me your name is she was a yeah 25 years old your father worked with seven and tell me the things that, that you could find out really if you wanted to even my address and my phone number is that prophecy so who is a real prophet now false prophets are everywhere like we already know but if a fo- if the way to find a false prophet is that his prophecies do not come to pass which i think is pretty com- is common sense if your prophecies don't come to pass and there's a lot of them that do not come to pass it's safe to say you're a fake prophet so where is the real prophet now difficult to find that be mm-hmm. because the bible said even the very elect will be deceived and what makes you think you're not one of those that have been deceived what makes you think you are following the right one and that makes me think oh i, th- I should calm down and listen to my bible and not anybody please until i understand because i know that we shouldn't forsake the assembly of the righteous or assembly of god but i'll just i'll just take a moment and think about this prophecy thing and other things because day and day, day, day after day, I believe that the spirituality, spirituality exists because I believe in God. But I also believe that a lot of things happen by chance. And the world would, would still, there are principles that, that, that we are not being taught as we should be taught in church and they should be taught. Another thing, which is my final point, the ease of alteration. Our religion, it can be so altered. Like I said, the gray areas where people misinterpret the Bible the way they want to suit their doctrine. And, you know, the way that Christianity can be altered, we know that certain things are sinful but because of inclusiveness somebody was on talk in which they're trying to say that we should begin to change terminology when we are praying in the church that the, that the church of england i one catholic that's so, like i think church of england is trying to is considering it so we can be more inclusive and bring more people in to the fold like anything doesn't have principles in my life i draw a line if i'm doing anything this is a price. Anything once he crosses this price, I'm not doing it again. This is what, how much I can give. This is how much I can take. This is how much I can do. Or if he crosses this point, I'm not doing it again. That's his principle. And then what kind of religion would you be practicing if your religion doesn't have any principles? Why would it be that somebody can change our father who art in heaven and say they will be considering changing it to instead of making it a he, we should make it a gender neutral something? That is wrong. The fact that they can do that with our religion, not do it with Islam, makes it irks me. It, it irritates me. You cannot do it with another religion, but you can do it with our own. Why is it so easy to alter? If it's not been poisoned somewhere, if the religion and what I'm going to just listen to, if it's not been poisoned somewhere, how is that even allowed or considered? How is the church allowing gay marriage? It is against society, might say. Society has changed and evolved, but the religion that I believe that with, with a book and set of rules that have been there for generations are still the best-selling book in the world up to date which means it is generational knowledge that has been working over time tested and trusted which is why it's still valid to today the bible 
why is it that somebody can come out now and contest it contest generational knowledge just in the sake of for the sake of inclusivity somebody can say the bible is misogynistic so we should change some things in the bible why are women not allowed to do this i said that those are the rules if you don't like it live your life how you want if you want to be a christian because now what you've learned the life that you've grown up in now christianity is really hindering that fine if the bible is sexist the bible is misogynistic ah uh-uh. this is generational knowledge you're talking about so you just invented a new word and then you're trying to change so if the fact that they can think of saying the bible is misogynistic and let us try and start changing things bending the rules that has been there for ages just to include a couple of sinners is disrespectful and it's, it's really i can't tell you how upset how upsetting it is for me that my religion can be altered like that and then every boils down to my lack of trust for the way the religion is practiced and that is why i don't want to be in a gathering where there is somebody at the helm of power in the religion telling me what to do or telling me what they think because i believe it has been poisoned somewhere and until we find out where that is and cleanse it I do not trust it. If I don't trust it, I don't want to give too much ear to it or too much attention to it. And the world is a very bad place. As adults, we open our eyes to a lot of things and then close our eyes to a lot of things, especially religion. Use your normal eye and look at a lot of things, the sense that God gave you, and you will realize that we are in deep shit. At least, that's what I think. That's why I titled it personally, my stuff. Why I don't like going to church. The world is so evil now. Don't you know why children close their eyes completely when they pray? And then you, you've been a child, you've closed your eyes throughout a prayer session. How many times do you close your eyes doing prayers now? It's a subconscious thing. Because life, when life deals with you, you realize, ah, Omo, shit can go down at any moment. Now, you don't close your eye and forget everything. You know that, oh boy, shit can go down. So you open your eye when you're praying. I mean, this might be just be an off joke, but somehow, somehow, it's, it makes slight sense to me. It makes slight sense to me. And yeah, before I go, I have, I have, I have an idea for the church. Uh, since everybody is opening an OP account now, if the church wants to collect their offerings, since cash is scarce now, people who would have given 1k to the church will be giving 100 naira or 200 now. And it's not because they are not willing, because there's no other way. In my church, yeah, I saw an account number, but it's not easier to use payment platforms that have QR code scanners. For example, OP, almost everybody has an OP account. If the church opens an OP account, you that doesn't have cash, just as you're passing with the offering basket, pass with the QR code of the church's OP account, and somebody will whip out his phone, scan their offering, and pay it into the account automatically. And I think that would be easier so for the church to get the money they need to advance forward. I do not hate the church. I like Christianity. I'm, I'm disappointed and I do not have trust for it. And I've, I, I still have more and more reasons to doubt each day. So that is why I explained it this way. Thank you for watching, listening to the Good Living Podcast. Um, next episode, I'm talking about the story of somebody's terrible breakup. So catch that one live. Not live. Catch that one very soon. Have a great week ahead. Bye. Love you.